Imagine what it would be like to travel to Italy and enjoy Tuscany and Rome and all of the beautiful sights with your baby and your preschooler. How do you feel about that? How does the thought of an overnight flight and traveling across the ocean sound? If that is like, sign me up, you are ready to go, then today's episode is for you. But if you're also like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a total heck no for me, I still ask that like, hey, just listen in. Because if you have the inkling to travel, but you're thinking, no, I need to wait till my kids are older. I am such a proponent of like, don't wait, enjoy these times. And yes, there are situations and ages where it's a little bit easier than others, but I still think that making the memories and doing the darn thing is always worth it. Today on the podcast, I have Krista Jones, who is a friend, um, our incredibly talented website designer and a mom to Bennett and Jack. She's on the podcast with me as we talk through their travels to Italy last fall. I've been just wanting to have her on the podcast for so long and it was completely my fault. (laughs) I just like didn't reach out to schedule as soon as I could. But what I love about this conversation is that we're able to sit and talk through the packing, the traveling, the choosing the locations in Italy, cities to avoid if you have young kids. We talk through it all. So I'm excited for you to listen in. And again, if this is something that you just feel like is totally out of touch with your life, just take a listen because I think you may find that Europe is way more accessible than we think. Hey, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant here at Little Z Sleep, and we love sleep. We love it so much that we are on a mission to tell the world that sleep is a thing. Sleep is not a competitive badge of honor. It is not something that you have to wait and survive through and trudge through as a parent. You actually can have sleep now, and we are all about that. And here on the podcast, you will hear stories from well-rested families. You will hear troubleshooting, problem-solving, and everything in between to help your family make sleep a thing. Of course, you don't have to wait for every episode to come out. You can actually get a step-by-step sleep training plan over on littlezsleep.com slash shop. From newborn to preschool, we want to help give you the resources to increase your family's sleep every single night and ensure that your family is happy, healthy, and well-rested. What if you could have an entire packing list and airplane prep list ready to go at your fingertips? And you could even get all of the information on how to handle international or domestic time change. I got you covered. In the Little Z's travel guide, we have a complete download guide ready for you to use so that travel can be a lot more stress-free for your family. Inside of the travel guide, you will find car ride, carry-on packing list, strategies for leaving in the night or in the morning, how to offer naps and bedtime routines on the go, how to even get your kid to nap on the go. We even touch on beach naps, handling time zones, staying in a hotel, getting back on track when you get home and everything in between. The Little Z's travel guide is on sale and ready for you right now. Head to the links below or go to littlezsleep.com shop and you'll find our travel guide. But this is for you if you are planning a trip and you're feeling anxious about how you're going to make naps work, or maybe the idea of packing seems daunting, or perhaps travel times will be in the night or the early morning and you want to confidently have a plan, or maybe you've traveled and it was anything but restful. We've got you covered. The Little Z's travel guide has it all. Travel confidently with your family and keep sleep a thing wherever you go. Okay. So Krista, you guys took, I would say what a toddler and a preschooler or a baby and a toddler. A baby and a preschooler. When we went to Italy, Bennett was 10 months and Jack was a very young four-year-old. And then we've also done a separate trip. We took Jack to Scotland when he was 14 months. Okay. All right. So we're going to jump into this because um, (laughs) most people, when they have children that age are like, 
nope, we're going to the beach every summer and that's what we do. And there is like, I've been there because it's an easy trip, but you guys took the leap and went to Italy with your toddler or baby. Actually, he was, you know, yeah, that baby toddler stage, but yes, a baby and a preschooler. So I want to know, first of all, like what were your deciding factors when you're like, we're going to go to Italy with our kids? Well, we've been to Italy before and we've been to a lot of countries in Europe before. And out of all of them, Italy is by far our favorite. Um, the people there are kind. The food is amazing. It's not super expensive. Um, when we were looking at prices of beach houses and like the Outer Banks versus renting a house in Tuscany with our friends, it was actually less expensive to rent the house in Tuscany. Um, part of that is because we could use points from our credit card and that paid for so much of the trip. Um, but then I think that things just in general, they are not quite as expensive as they are here. Um, so we've done it before. We knew that we loved it and we just decided to make it happen. <laughs> okay. I'm that's, I kept nodding my head when you were saying that because it's so much cheaper than the outer banks. Like when people look at us, like we're crazy that we took our kids to Greece and we went to Paris there now Paris excluded because you and I just said like Paris is expensive, but <laughs> that was, um, for us, we chose Paris because it was the cheapest like round trip to either, you know, get over there. And then we used points for the, the cover of that. But then when you rented the house in Greece or like even looking at Italy, we're thinking that may be where we go next. It's amazing when I'm like, oh my gosh, you divide this by the families that you would normally go with to the Outer Banks. Why would you not go to Europe right. when it's cheaper? Yeah, there was a one trip where we stayed in a four-star palace in Portugal for less than we had to pay at like a Hampton Inn in Richmond the week before for a wedding. And we're like, it just doesn't even compare like this like no, like just normal everyday hotel versus a palace and it's less expensive. It's just such a big difference. It is. And it makes me realize when we're over there and I hear and I run into other, sometimes like expats, Americans living in other countries, that's their norm is to like just travel around to the different countries because it's easy and it's so much cheaper for them. So yes. yeah, I, I think that must be such a fun life. But anyway, so you guys decided to do Italy with friends. Did your friends also have kids so that you were all kind of like entertaining kids together? How did that dynamic work? Yes. They have a little boy who is three months older than Jack. And so we knew that Jack would have a playmate. And then Bennett at that point didn't really need a playmate. He was just all on me. Um, and unlike other, other trips though, we did plan, we knew that we wouldn't be able to go to as many spots as we had been in the past. And we chose quieter locations. So we've been to Tuscany before. We knew that it's beautiful. Um, it's kid-friendly. We knew that we could rent an Airbnb for like a week and use that as a base and drive around to other spots. Um, and it wouldn't be as hard to maneuver as something like Positano. Like we've done Positano and it's thousands and thousands of steps. And we knew that even if we carried Bennett, Jack would not be able to walk up all of those steps and it would just be a miserable experience. Um, so we used Tuscany as our base. And then we also went to Assisi for a couple of days. And then we ended in Rome for a couple of days. Okay. That is um, a good little nugget right there because a lot of times when you are thinking about going to Europe or, you know, hitting up the hotspots in Italy, you don't see, especially on social media or sometimes on the travel blogs, like, oh, look, it's difficult to navigate this city with children. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's not stroller friendly because it wasn't built for strollers, you know, right. thousands of years ago. So um, how did you, I guess by experience, you knew that some of these cities were not, but how did you, you just said like Tuscany was kid friendly. So what does that define? How does that, how do you define kid friendly for your family? 
it was more walkable. It was quieter. Um, I knew that I wouldn't be stressed about like pickpockets in the downtowns area of the little towns. Um, we did do Rome and that gave me a certain level of anxiety, but it ended up not being as bad as I thought. Um, I think that of all of them, Assisi may have been well, it was really walkable, but there are a lot of hills. Um, so not a lot of steps, but a lot of hills. And so we are very thankful that we had the double stroller for that city because Davey did a lot of pushing both boys all around. Yes. Um, okay. So we said just a few minutes ago before we started recording how everyone in Europe, or it seems like everyone in Europe, they just, they just love families and families are so welcome. And so what's your take on Europe being kid-friendly in general? I think it's been so kid-friendly, both in Scotland and in Italy. Um, People were super accommodating to what we needed for the baby. They were accommodating to like meals for Jack. They would bring him like coloring stuff at meals. Um, So many old ladies, especially like in Assisi, there are a lot of nuns. There's a lot, there are a lot of religious people and they would all just stop and touch Bennett and they just adored him. And it was just the cutest thing. Um, So we found it really easy to travel with children there. Okay, so let's jump into the actual um, getting ready for travel. So we decided, okay, this is where you're going to go, but let's back up to when you're still in America and you're packing. So give us all the tips on packing for a baby and a young child and your family as you're going international. What are some of your key um, tips for families in getting ready to do this themselves? Okay, Um, one of my big tips is to either buy light lightweight car seats or just make sure that you have really light car seats. Um, We have these car seats from Costco, C-O-S-C-O. They're like $65 from Walmart. And they're so light that I can push the stroller and carry one in one hand, Um, which like Jack's normal car seat, it takes me two hands and I can barely lug it around. And then I also get car seat covers that go around them. And then that turns it into a suitcase. Um, So this, um, the baby gear flies free, like up to a certain amount of baby gear goes free. And then I wouldn't put anything super valuable in that car seat with the cover on it, but you could definitely stuff it with diapers um, or like blankets or um, just like stuff that you know, if it's lost, it's not the end of the world. And that helps you save some space in your other gear. Um, Another tip is to rent a pack and play wherever possible because it's definitely, they can be so bulky and heavy. And the rental cars in Europe are really, really tiny. So you want to try to maximize your space as much as possible. We were able to get a pack and play at the Airbnb we stayed, and then as well as the hotels. They weren't quite what we have here. They were like the traditional big ones. We have like a little one. Um, So we couldn't put our snooze shade over top of it, but it worked out just fine. And I know that you like the um, slumber pod. Mm -hmm. So if you're bringing a slumber pod, I think that a regular size pack and play fits in that. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? It should, yes. Yeah, so then that would save you from what happens sometimes, which is Bennett waking up early because he could see us. Hey, if you do not have a child who is sleeping through the night and you are ready to make sleep a thing, did you know that you can be matched to the Little Z Sleep program that is right for you? All you need to do is head to littlezsleep.com slash sleep dash quiz, or just click the handy link below in the podcast show notes. And we want to match you to the sleep training program that is right for your family. Once you take this quiz, you'll find a video where I explain what this course is all about, and then you can jump in. This is available for you right now. Go ahead and get matched to the program so we can help you make sleep a thing as soon as possible. Yes. Um, I, I definitely, 
like, and don't think a lot of people know that you can travel with all of this kid gear for free. Um, You don't have to pay for the stroller checking or the car seat checking or things like that, um, which I think is a certain amount. I think that some like check your airlines, they might allow like two pieces per child, but that's normally enough. Mm -hmm. It, It definitely is. And I think that a lot of the times, even when you're just thinking about like going to the beach and bringing these things, like, oh my gosh, this is so much stuff. How could I possibly carry it across the ocean? Um, but you get to the airport and you check it and it goes to your final destination. You're not lugging it everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys use a car seat on the airplane? Because I know some families are pro, con against that. Yeah. No, I think we tried it once on a shorter like des- or domestic flight with Jack. And it just takes up so much space and it's so much more to carry. And he didn't want to sit in it anyway, that we always just check them and get them out of our area. Um, Yeah. I like to bring a portable white noise machine with me on the plane. And I actually tie it onto, I wear the baby when I travel and then I tie it onto my carrier so that if I need to get up in the middle of the night and bounce him, it's on me and I don't have to worry about finding it. So I think that that comes in handy. Um, with Bennett, we also brought formula. And I think I did with Jack too. Um, even if you don't normally use it, it can come in handy sometimes because if you're nursing and you don't have a lot of milk and they're screaming on the plane, there's not always a lot that you can do. And so sometimes that milk, just being able to mix it right there is just so helpful. Um, and then they have really good formula in Europe, but it's going to be different brands. So it was helpful to have a little bit of our existing formula before we had to go buy other formula while we got there. Um, How was... I'm going to get to like the nitty gritty because uh-huh. when we just went to um, Greece with our friends, we went with two other families. And one of one of my friends was just like, tell me how you pack because I cannot wrap my head around this, right? So when you're packing like in the suitcases, are you a minimalist with like, okay, I'm just going to bank on like washing the boys clothes a lot. So we're going to pack minimal things, even for yourself and Davey. What's your packing stance when it comes to like trying to get as limited amount of suitcases, which you're right, those cars are so teeny tiny um, yeah. to know that like, okay, we don't have a lot of space. Um, even for us, we rented a, um, nine passenger van, but it was like, there's no luggage space. We had to like put them underneath our feet. Right. So how did you anticipate smaller luggage sizes as you travel? Yeah, we're definitely as minimalist as we can be. We know that, especially if we have an Airbnb, that we're going to be able to wash our clothes. Um, and and if you're in a situation like we were in Portugal, where I think our washing machine took five hours and there was no dryer. We just found a laundromat and it was super affordable to do the wash and fold service. Um, But when we got to Italy, we realized that our rental car that I had rented, which was supposed to be like a Jeep SUV, was not big enough. And we had to find another rental car at the airport, which was just a nightmare. Um, So I would definitely pack as minimal as you can. I think the boys shared a suitcase. I had a suitcase and mine had a lot of the baby gear. And then Davey had a suitcase for himself with his baby gear or with his gear. Um, and then we just had our baby gear. So with all the traveling that you guys have done, do you have a brand of luggage that you're like, this is the best? No, we just have the luggage that my mom and dad gave us when I got married. We keep saying that we need to upgrade it, but we're not really picky about yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually the exact same way. Uh, we, I just go to TJ Maxx. I'm like, look, that one's on sale. Let's get that one. As long as it's like rolls fine, I'm good. Yes, I'm actually that's with you on that. My mom did. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a that's a great gift. Like it just always nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've packed. Now you're you're at the airport. You're on the airplane, or even at the airport because there's so many tips that can go with kids and airport terminals and all of that. 
what would you talk through as far as like um, entertainment on the airplane for families? Yes, there's screens sometimes, but like they're not going to do that when they're babies and toddlers. So give us your best tips for the actual flight experience. Yeah. Um, I think it's so helpful to have a variety of snacks just because you never know what they're going to feed you on the airplane. You never know what is going to be available at the airport. Um, and if you get some new snacks that they've never tried before, like those in themselves can entertain them. Um, Jack actually did not like the airplane meal. And then he did not like that it sat on the tray in front of him for an hour. So we took our meals on the way to Italy. But then on the way home, we were like, nope, we're good. Just don't even give us the meals. We don't want the mess. We don't want it in front of us. Like, especially if you're wearing a baby, you have so much limited seat room. Um, So definitely bring lots of snacks. Um, We also, I went to the dollar store ahead of time and bought a bunch of different things to keep Jack busy. So coloring books, like little cheap toys. And then periodically as he got bored, I would bring them out and give them to him. And so they felt exciting. He was actually entertained by the in-flight movies. Like he got to watch Jurassic Park, like the original one, which he just loved. He's a little crazy. Um, And I think he watched Top Gun, which is also one of his favorite movies. (laughs) Not a normal four-year-old. Uh, <laughs> but then we loaded up an iPad too with downloaded Disney movies and we gave him headphones, which he had never had before. And so that was really exciting for him. Oh yeah. Um, don't rely on the airport airplane headphones because they're adult size. Yeah. I learned that very quickly. Yeah. So make sure you bring a little headphone converter too, though, if you're going to plug them into the plane, because I think that most of the headphones are like sized or if they have a cord, they go into an iPad um, and they don't have the like old audio jack, which is what most airplanes have. That's so true. Okay. So what was this like when you were trying to get Bennett and Jack to sleep on this overnight flight to wait, you guys flew to Rome first or where did you fly into? Flew into Rome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So overnight flight tips. Yeah. We let um, Bennett and Jack go as long as they could because they feed you a meal and they don't turn off the lights at first. And we just kind of knew from our last international trip that it was going to be a little bit before they would settle down and go to sleep. When I felt like Bennett was ready, I put a muslin blanket over me, which I know that you like recommend all the the time. for It's so great. Um, And then I had the white noise machine and I wore him and I just walked up and down the aisle and I bounced him until he fell asleep. And then it wasn't a great night's sleep for anybody. Like he woke up ever so often, like if I moved and then I would just stand up again and bounce him and we would both go back to sleep. Jack, we let him go until like maybe nine or 10. Um, And then I actually gave him a melatonin because I knew that he was just going to be so excited on the flight that he wasn't going to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, So that worked really well because he's, I think he had never had one before. Um, and he laid down between us. I put more muslin blankets on him and we just did the best that we could. When we got there, we actually had a drive for, I think, two hours to get to our Airbnb. And so they finished their nap, finished their night sleep in the car. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's, um, it's, and it's funny to say like they finished their night sleep for two hours, (laughs) but it's like, it just is what it is. Um, yeah, definitely melatonin. Like that's, this is literally the only time I would ever be like, yes, please melatonin when you're, you know, traveling internationally or on the airplane, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel natural to sleep when they're telling you to sleep. And then, um, they, we, like our lights were only off for like two hours or maybe three hours at most. And it's not very long. 
Mm-mm. No, you're really tired. I think that when we got to our Airbnb, we pushed through for the day. Like the boys both took naps. Um, and then we all went to bed at 7 p.m. that night and we slept a full 12 hours and we woke up at 7 p.m. And then we just stayed on Italy time for the rest of the trip. Yeah. So just like we had a day where we didn't get a lot of sleep, but then that helped us reset a little faster. If you have a baby who is not sleeping through the night and you are simply frustrated that no matter what sleep sack you try, no matter what time you feed them, no matter what the lighting situation was or what the scent was in the diffuser, they just won't sleep. I have a free course that I want to share with you. It's going to walk you through my four steps to solve night wakings. And this will give you my exact step-by-step ways on how I teach the framework of baby sleep. And it is yours for free. You can get all of the videos and this free course right now at littlezsleep.com slash four steps. This is four steps to solve your baby's night wakings. And it's a free course ready for you now. Check the link below or head to littlezsleep.com slash four. That's the number four steps. Okay, um, because sometimes we always skip to like, oh, I went to Italy and it was so wonderful and special and magical. Um, was there anything on that plane, any memories, stories, anything you're like, wow, this is really not worth it when you're traveling like in the middle of the night with your kids? I feel like you do say that to yourself, like when Bennett is fussing and Jack is awake and you're so tired and you just want to sleep. And you remember the days where if you've done it without kids, you could kind of sleep a little bit more on the plane and then you could get there and sleep and just stay up late. Um, But like it was worth it. So we would do it again, not with Bennett at this age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, toddlers are definitely different. Jack was four. So you could like comprehend a little bit more. Um, I think toddlers... Having literally just sat next to a two-year-old on the plane. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. (laughs) Before the cutoff. So yeah, as we had talked with you about going to Greece this year, that's like also on our list, but Bennett hit one and he started walking and he's not interested in screens. And we're like, no, we we have a, we missed Mm -hmm. our gap. We'll go again after he's three. (laughs) I I am in agreement with you. I can totally understand that. Um, okay, so um, you're through the flight, you've done the packing, all of that stuff. Okay, let's talk about, yes, you're on Italy time. How did you manage naps and exploring your vacation, like enjoying being in Europe? How did you manage their sleep schedules while you're also trying to like embrace this vacation? Yeah, we definitely had to be more flexible than we are at home. At home, we're pretty rigid about getting them down at their particular times and letting them sleep. When we were there, we knew that we were going to have more naps on the go. Um, And having a double stroller helped with that because they both were happy to sleep in the strollers. Um, There were some days where even though Jack was four, he would do two small naps a day, like one in the car um, or one while we're walking about town. And that was okay. We also knew that most days we would only get one outing. Um, It was a lot for them to do a couple outings. And so like if we went to see a site in the morning, maybe then we'll come home for naps and rest time. And then in the afternoon, if we're going to go do something, it would be closer to our house, like going to get gelato 10 minutes away and swimming in the pool. Yeah. Um, I have vivid, still like vivid memories of watching your stories and just like all the naps of Bennett, just like on you, on you, on like the whole, which in a way is really special because you don't get that at home. But um, yeah. I'm sure that that's like how 
you know, he, he I know that we've chatted through this before that like, he really just wanted you all the time when he was a baby. Right. And so how was that for you when you're like, okay, did you have to put away like, okay, this is my vacation, but like I'm holding a baby and like, he needs me all the time. Like, how was that dynamic for you? Especially having the last time been there with no kids. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so bad. Um, like thankfully he was a really good sleeper at that point. So I kind of knew that I could put him down for the night and then he would sleep. Um, and we had four adults to three kids. And so our friends were more than happy to help hold him. And that made a big difference too. So it didn't feel like it was like just me taking care of him all the time. Yeah. I think it's really, um, important to, if you're going to go on these big trips, like maybe don't just go like with your small family unit, but like having other people to help you. Yes. friends or family, it really does make a big difference. It does. Yeah. You can share that parenting load, which is great. Especially when yeah. you can find friends that like we were saying to each other, like, Hey, if you see my kid doing something, like feel free to parent them because we're yes. all here together. <laughs> well, and it helped that Jack had a playmate. So we didn't have to worry as much about him because even if we were just hanging out in the house, making dinner, Jack could be playing soccer with his friend in the back and maybe one of our friends. And then that it was more people to take care of bad aunt. Like it, it's so having friends for Jack helped a lot too. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. Um, okay. So when you're finally exploring, like you said, you're going to the outings or you're in Rome, you're walking a lot. So, um, what are your tips and advice for families who are wanting to tour through Europe or go to some big cities, knowing that they have young kids and you're going to be in for a lot of walking and a lot of waiting? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Embrace yourself because it is a little hard. We realized on this trip that even though we loved the Vatican Museum on our past trip and it was just the two of us, we tried taking our kids there this time and it was hot and there were a lot of lines and we realized that this wasn't, this was a bad idea. Um, So we shuffled through it and got out, but there were other museums that were not as crowded and that were just as cool so we, it's better, I think, to look for things that are maybe not as crowded, maybe some of like the off sites, you know, going to small towns really lets you get a feel for the culture. They're not as busy. They're a little more walkable. Um, so yeah, that helped a lot. And then of course, having a double stroller, it was bulky. It was not my favorite thing to bring, but it came in so handy when it came to walking all around town. Um, and then in Rome, we realized that we could take the Metro. And it was a little nerve wracking at first to go on the Metro with the double stroller and the two kids, but I would wear Bennett before we went down the escalator. And then Davey would fold up the stroller and bring it on. I would hold Jack's hand. And so we were able to go all around Rome on the Metro and then just walk to the other places that we wanted to see. Um, So I think that if you're nervous about all of the walking, just know that that is an option. Okay. Double stroller, like side by side or front and back. It was front and back. It was like a knockoff up a baby, but it was like $150. I can send you a link to it if you want. Yeah. Um, and so that was helpful. It was still big enough that we had to upgrade our rental car, but I think that it would have been hard to do the trip without a double stroller. If if we were at the age where we are now, I think that maybe Jack could do a little bit more walking and Bennett could just do an umbrella stroller. Um, but with the ages that they were then, we definitely needed the help. We might've been able to get away with wearing Bennett and doing an umbrella stroller for Jack, but Bennett would have gotten heavy after a while, especially knowing that you're also carrying the diaper bag. Yeah. And hot, like in the, in the, you so know, hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't want to be wearing like a giant baby and like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and everything in Europe is smaller. The streets are smaller. The cars are smaller. The beds are smaller, all those things. And so 
yeah, having, especially knowing for me, even if my kids were older, I was very nervous when we were walking through Paris and, um, you know, stay close to me and like grab my hand and just having them like locked and loaded in a stroller is just. It did. It made me feel safe knowing that they're right there. I could put the diaper back on the bottom and know that I didn't, like no one was going to take stuff out of it, of the back. That also made me nervous. Mm -hmm. My aunt got pickpocketed in Paris. So I feel like it's always been in the back of my mind that that is, that could happen. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the stroller, I'm like, I knew they were contained. Yeah. I was that person in Paris with like my purse, like right (laughs) up on my chest. (laughs) You will not get to this. Yeah. It's so true. If you have traveled before and it was anything but restful, I want to invite you to grab the Little Z's travel guide. This is a fully printable and easy to access guide that I have put together through my experience with travels and as well as handling international time changes with your family. Whether you're headed domestically just over to the beach a couple hours away or all the way across the ocean, the Little Z's travel guide has everything you need to keep sleep a thing wherever you go. And it's on sale right now when you use code SUMMER20 you can grab our guide 20% off. This gets it to under $20. So it's ready for you right now. Head to littlezsleep.com slash shop to get your travel guide today. Okay, final words of advice, like wisdom, like would you do this all over again? Yes, we definitely would. We had so much fun. Um, like it was so amazing to see Jack's awareness of the world. We were sitting at dinner, I think the first night and he saw another little boy playing his age and he realized that he couldn't understand the words that this boy was speaking. And I think he, it hit him that there were other languages in the world and just how big the world was. Um, and so that was really cool to see. It was cool to see him experience the other cultures. And it was so much fun to be there with our friends. Um, we went to wineries and we did a lot of the things that we wanted to do, even though we had kids and people were so kind and thoughtful throughout the whole trip. I would say that like we talked about, if we are in our current season where Bennett is a toddler, we wouldn't do it again. Um, but in the season that we were in with a baby and with a preschooler, it was definitely doable and just so worth it. Um, what would you want to share most? If there's a family who's like, I really want to go. I think my kids are at a good age, but I'm hesitant. What's the biggest encouragement you would share with them? That they should do it, that it's going to be <laughs> so memorable. Um, and I don't think that they'll regret it. I think that it'll be absolutely incredible to see their kids' um, eyes opened just to a whole, like the wonders of the world. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, additionally, it can seem... Um, I think most people, when you talk about traveling international, it does seem like, oh my gosh, like, do your kids even soak that in? Right. And Mm -hmm. no, I don't think they really soak it in. I don't think there's like, there's not, you're never going to have a hundred percent competency when you're a child that like, wow, my parents have sacrificed and like, they don't know those things, (laughs) but just be like small glimmer of seeing the world, um, and seeing that there's differences, I think is a huge way. And that's a value that we want to bring in our children, our families, that we're not the only people in this world. Um, God has created this huge world. Like, let's go enjoy it and let's go see it. And I think that I completely agree with you. Just doing it and and seeing that through your kids' eyes is really cool. Yeah. And even now that Jack is older, he is understanding more and we can talk about the trip that he went on. We made a little book of his trip to Italy when his class was talking about Europe and he brought it to share with his friends. And that was really special to him. And of all the countries on the world map, he knows which one Italy is. So it's, I feel like he does remember some things, even though he was really young when he went. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's flash forward to when Bennett is um, three and Jack <laughs> is, ha- he'll, he'll be what, six or seven? 
Yeah, he'll be probably like six, six and a half. Mm -hmm. Where is next on yours and Davy's bucket list of like where you want to go next with the boys? We would like to do Greece. I've always wanted to do England and Davy is a big Premier League soccer or English football fan now. So that is also a possible list. I think Jack would love something like Iceland because he loves volcanoes and science and animals. So I'm not really sure. I think that if we go again, my preference would be for one of those shorter trips. So Iceland, I think is one flight. I think that England is a shorter flight. Italy is nine hours from Atlanta. So it's a pretty long flight. Um, But yeah, so we don't know yet, but somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, doing the nine, uh, it was nine and a half hours from Dulles to Athens. Uh That was a long trip. Yeah, it was a long trip. Um, It felt like going from Dulles to Paris was like so short in comparison. But yes, I love that. And I think that um, I hope you do go to Iceland. I would love to be able to talk with you about that because that is not a place that people are like, oh, kids, Iceland, let's go. Um, Well, our friends that we went to Italy with have been to Iceland just as adults and they think that the boys would really enjoy it. So that is why we've thought about going there. I love that. Okay. Well, this was super helpful. I'm definitely going to ask for, yeah, all the links, your carrier, your stroller, all those things. We'll (laughs) share that in the notes so everybody can see that. But thank you for chatting us through this journey and that it's, it is so possible for, for parents, for families to enjoy these types of vacations and not feeling like you missed out because, you know, you're not in your twenties anymore, or you're not like empty nesters. I think that that's in America. What a lot of people think is like, Oh, when you're really young, when your kids are out of the house, there's this like magical time when your kids are, when your family is young to be able to go and enjoy things that you can't experience like the warmth and friendliness um, towards families that they have. So I'm so grateful we were able to chat through this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Krista, for joining me today. And y'all, if you have been thinking about traveling internationally with your family, but finding it just seems daunting, I want to encourage you. It really doesn't have to be. Check out this episode if you need it again, as well as all of our additional travel content. Check the links below for more information. But most of all, grab your travel guide here at the Little Z's Sleep Shop that will help you keep sleep a thing wherever you go. Sweet dreams. See you next time.